All right, welcome back, folks, to yet another episode of Fresh Juice, an indie game podcast where we tell you what we think about the latest indie games in the world, in the sphere of indie gaming, and we have a blast with it. I am one of your hosts. I am Tommy Fresh, and joined as always is Maddie. Juice. What is up, folks? It's great to be back. Episode 16, I think we're doing right here. 16 weeks in a row of indie game freshness. And I got to tell you, I'm excited to talk about today's game. I'm oh, pumped. yeah? Yeah. I'm I am pumped. too. I'm, I'm interested, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, we never talk about the game prior to us hopping on the, the show, like, you know, individually together. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Individually together. No, we never <laughs> talk it. about it you. separate from the podcast till we're on the show. And then usually after we're like, oh, can you believe that or this? Um, so this should be interesting because I, I have some hot takes on this game. It is called Time Survivors. It is, uh, I guess, what would we call this? Like a survivor-like? Like, so, like not survival. From what I've seen. Yeah, I've actually seen it as a vampire survivor-like. Mm. People keep referring to that. There's kind of like a collection of games on Steam that people, they call it like VS-like. So I'm like, oh, that's a new term. Like, I didn't know that until I started looking at some reviews for those games. So, yeah, it probably just, I guess it's its own kind of category at this point. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens with, with games, especially like Vampire Survivors, where it's so popular, it takes the world by storm, and then you just start to get the, you know, I wouldn't say copycats, but imitator, no, imitator sounds worse, I think. You get copycats, <laughs> and, and, and they kind of create a genre, which is which is yeah. pretty cool. And, you know, that's where we got, ro- I guess, roguelite. I don't know what the original roguelite was, though. Um, I should probably learn what that means, but <laughs> or souls like say that's another souls, one. Yes, that, you know, Dark Souls identify or created kind of its own sort of formula there, and so now we have souls like. So I really like that too. Just as a side note, I love when games are inspired by other games, and they're not afraid of it. You know, yeah. they're not afraid to like as long as it's not like a direct copycat, right? But um, yeah, no, I, I think it's really cool that you know people were calling it that i I was also trying to figure out what the genre was i was like is it like geometry wars maybe is like (laughs) what was genre is that game you know uh but yeah no it's a it's a vs like is what the kids are calling it these days yeah it's interesting because like i'd almost like to just call it a survivor right like but i guess you then you get like kind of confused with survival games but like yeah i'm only saying that because vampire survivors now we have time survivors and then you can kind of just keep doing something survivors (laughs) on and on and on and it's like this is a survivor game but uh it should be really interesting uh you know we'll we'll get into what it's about and 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 then our thoughts on the game as well as our rating uh in a little bit but before that what's new buddy well um other than my recent heartbreak with the philadelphia eagles letting me down entirely um I've been, yeah, I uh, just, I've been pretty good over the weekend. You know, I know we talk about football. It seems like every podcast, right? We watched some playoff football. That was great. Um, recently, you know, we, we chatted a little bit. I recently played this new um, card game called Q-Birds that my wife got from one of her friends. So uh, that was pretty cool. Nice, simple kind of card game. I love that too. Like I love 
playing and figuring out like new card games. Like we've talked about a game called Side Effects before. That's like a really great simple card game that, you know, can take like 30 minutes per game to play. I love that sort of stuff. So being able to find another one of those has been fun. And I'm sure we only played one round of it. So um, we're definitely going to be playing some more. Um, But yeah, other than that, you know, just been been working, chilling. Um, Haven't been doing too much. Been playing some Once Human, making some content over on the YouTubes for that. Um, and yeah, it's just been, uh, you know, not, not a ton going on, I gotta say over the last few days, but, but it's been nice to kind of recharge a bit. So after, after the holidays, but, uh, what about you? Yeah. January can be good for those recharge, you know, not a lot's going on, not a lot of holidays anymore. Although we do have a wedding next weekend. That should be fun. Um, I, I had a pretty eventful weekend. It was my birthday. I turned 32. Yeah. Uh, my time is coming to a close. <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> uh, no, it, it was good. Uh, on, on Friday, our mutual, mutual cousin, our cousin, uh, Dan and my friends, uh, Pat and Will came over. And I think last week I, I recommended the game thrive that will be coming out at some point. And I, I got to play test uh, a four player version of that game with them. We had a ton of feedback, right? We, we, we were, we, there was like a lot of imbalances and stuff like that. So I had to write a bunch of notes and I went back to the developer and I, I told him, I was like, here, we had a lot of fun, but here are the issues. You know, what do you think? He's like, actually, you know, I'm not surprised about a lot of this feedback. I've been hearing a lot of that, which was really cool. And I just love getting those juices flowing and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sending him ideas all the time, which that's been pretty cool on my birthday. Those fresh juices. Yeah. Sorry. Those fresh juices. Yeah. <laughs> on my birthday, I spent the whole day editing, <laughs> um, because I had a spoiler card for flesh and blood for my other podcast that came out today, the day that we're recording Tuesday. And, uh, I, I had filmed it all. I just needed to put it all together. So I kind of did that all day, Saturday, most of the day, Sunday, um, but also, uh, went out to dinner on, on Sunday too. watched the Packers destroy the Cowboys, which was yeah. a big surprise. First seventh <laughs> seed in NFL history to ever win a playoff game. The youngest, uh, team to ever make it to the playoffs and win a playoff game. So that's a, you know, three records right there. Uh, so, yep. you know, we've exceeded expectations as, as a team, you know, with a, a first year starting quarterback, uh, Jordan Love, but he's he's looking excellent. So hopefully, we can keep it riding into the playoffs. We play the Niners next week. Uh, my sister, uh, Be- Becca Fresh, um, is a Niners fan, so a house divided, and that yes. should be fun. But other than that, you know, it, I, it it snowed here today, so I didn't really have to do much work. Um, so that was good, and you know, that's just been it. You know, I've just been gaming and editing and making sure. You know, the flesh and blood stuff was all set and then also taking a lot of notes for this. It's just, you know, getting to that content creator vibe, you know, you know, how yeah. it goes. so I feel you. Um, it's been a lot of fun, but we do have some news. Well, first, some personal news, not personal. I guess like podcast news. We have a discord. Right? Yes, <laughs> we do. Officially launched the discord channel. We've had some people join in there. Link is going to be in the description of this episode. It's on our Twitter. It's everywhere. You can find it. It's easy to find. And if you join, 
we're going to be doing some cool stuff in there. We got some some awesome, you can choose what platforms you play on. We'll share some really cool indie game deals that we can find. We're going to be doing tournaments in there, uh, events, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so join in, you know. We're sharing food pictures, you know. We got memes. We got everything. You can party up with other people in there, play some games. It's uh, It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. So definitely join up on the Discord. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get it going. We're actually recording this episode in the Discord right now. Yes. So if you join the Discord, you could potentially just see our little icons <laughs> in the sidebar when we're recording the episode. It's pretty exciting, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> they, they can't come in here, can they? <laughs> no, they cannot. Yeah. Well, oh, I could at any point. I could just open it just up. Just open it up. Get, also get Capolo get, in here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, happy birthday to Capolo as well. He shares the same birthday as me. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Love it. Uh, you know, and, and any games that we happen to really like or want to talk about, we'll probably just add a channel for it. We did that for Norp. Uh, so we're Norping in there, you know, Cap and, yep. and I see Cap and Maddie just going back and forth about Norping and that's pretty dope. So yeah, check out the discord. Yep. It's just a good way to kind of just hang out, create a community and, and, and also get in, in the know on, on what we're talking about and be able to submit listener questions, which we're going to get to. Uh, after our review also yeah. uh we don't have like a lot of specific news but there is a game coming out in i think a week uh which is not an indie game and i wanted to talk to you about it it is the new prince of persia game i'm forgetting what these uh the, the subtitle it is, is the lost crown the lost crown it is. it is a side-scrolling platformer um, I don't know if it's like a Metroidvania of, of sorts. I, I just, I've seen some gameplay and some trailers and initially I thought it was going to be a $70 game and I, and, and people were kind of up in arms about it. And then I kind of looked into it. It's only 50, um, which is still pretty pricey. Now the, the game is a side scroller platform, right? I mean, at its most basic core. Now I'm sure there's a lot to it. It's by Ubisoft um, and they, are a, a huge developer. So they're not just putting out this $50 game with no content to it. Hopefully there's no microtransactions, but you never know. Yeah. But I, I saw some people saying, why is this platformer $50? Why, you know, like indie games are like this and they're not $50. And that's something we do talk about. And it's interesting because Yes, it's a AAA developer making this this platformer. It's almost like surprising in a way. We haven't seen a 2D. I mean, you see Nintendo do it, right? And but that those are huge IPs. Not that Prince of Persia isn't a big IP, but it's not Mario. It's not Metroid, right? So, what are your thoughts here? Is it a fair price, fifty dollars? We don't know. We haven't played it, but like. For that style of gameplay, is fifty dollars a fair price for a medium to large size IP? And should we start holding indie games to that kind of standard? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question, and I've seen a lot of discussion over this game. A lot of positive discussion, actually. I wasn't aware that there was a controversy over over the price, um, but now knowing that it was it's, it's fifty bucks. Um, you know, I do think that obviously the quality of the game is going to dictate whether the value is worth it, right? Um, but I do think that there is always going to be kind of a premium that you have to pay for like established IPs. Mm -hmm. um, I think a good example of that is actually a game that I've 
um, I played, uh, you know, a month or two ago, uh, which is uh, Return to Moria, the Lord of the Rings game, which that is a $40 survival game, which is high for survival games. And I saw a lot of controversy over the price of that. Um, I ended up, you know, I purchased it um, because I understood, you know, that if the game is high quality, you know, I'm also paying for the Lord of the Rings IP, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand that the price is going to be a little bit higher because of that. So I think that they're, like, these prices can be warranted, um, you know, depending on what the IP is. But I do think it, it could be a situation where, um, you know, it's like a snowball effect, right? Like, maybe a developer sees for another another established IP that normally doesn't have their games priced as high as Prince of Persia. Maybe they see how well Prince of Persia is doing, and all of a sudden they're going to also be doing it. It's a similar story with, like, the AAA games, right, where it was $60 for years, and then I think Call of Duty might have been the first one. Uh, one of the Call of Duty games made it their $70, and now we start seeing $70 AAA games because people know they can get away with it, developers know they can get away with it. And there's the whole other conversation, right, of, like, you know, there's all this crunch time that developers have to go through, right? And and uh, maybe they're underpaid and, like, they're getting contractors that end up, you know, um, only working for a few months there and all these layoffs in the, in the game industry. So there's that whole other conversation of, yeah, it might suck to pay 50 bucks for a side scroller if you're looking at it at face value, but you're also helping support those developers and hopefully Ubisoft, you know, in this case, is, is um, rewarding those developers with that higher price tag, right? Like maybe they're giving more bonuses or whatever that might be. That's a kind of an ideal scenario. I don't think it works like that most of the time. Um, so that I think it is a kind of multi-layered controversy in a way. Um, personally, for me, I don't. I would not mind paying fifty dollars for this game after seeing the reviews for it. That's mm-hmm. I think the ca- caveat is like you know I'm always. If I if I saw that this game was fifty dollars and I didn't see any reviews for it, I probably wouldn't buy it. But I would obviously look into reviews before I purchased it. And then there's the whole other side. Not to keep going on about this, but I I took a look at Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown to see if it was on uh, Ubisoft subscription service. They have Ubisoft Plus, which is similar mm-hmm. to Game Pass, right? Um, and it is. It's part of you can. I think it's the premium tier, but it's eighteen dollars a month. So if you really wanted to, you could just spend $18 to play Prince of Persia, try to beat it within a month, and then you're good. And I I feel like a lot of people would say $18 is a really good value for a game that people are considering a game of the year contender already, you know, two weeks into the year. Um, So, yeah, I I really think it's a really complex conversation that, like, it's really going to be a case-by-case basis for a lot of people. For me, I'm okay with it, but I do understand you know, the outrage because of what people are afraid of, like kind of coming next, right? Are other developers going to see this and start upping the prices of their indie games that were never priced like that before, just because the IP is strong? Um, You know, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting conversation just overall. Yeah. And I I will say, like, I I guess it really boils down to those, do these triple A titles, you know, that come in at fifty to seventy dollars. Do do they have to be a three D third person or first person game of some some type to warrant that price? I'm gonna say no. I don't think so because you know I think Nintendo's a great example, right? 
we we play side scrollers on Nintendo. I mean, like I I know that Mario Wonder, Super Mario Wonder, was a game of the year contender, right? That's a side scroller, yeah. right? And that that was probably coming in at sixty bucks, you know, maybe even seven. I, I don't think they're at seventy yet for Nintendo Switch, but I I think for the Nintendo Switch two, which as soon as we get some more information, that'll be a news story at some point. But it sounds the like Super that, Nintendo Switch, the Super Nintendo is that what it's called? That's that's what I wanted to be called. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, and and that will be very re- relevant to this show because you know the Nintendo Switch has become such a great indie platform, uh, but. Yeah. I'm looking at Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, and you know, I, I definitely want to play it. It brings me back to the original Prince of Persia, which I really like, and and I like side scrollers. And I know that Ubisoft did Rayman Legends, which yeah. is arguably one of the best side scrollers uh, in in modern times. I mean, I guess if you call modern times the last fifteen years or something like that. So, like, I, I can't see any reason why this wouldn't be worth the price. So, it, it's just really interesting because, like, I just saw people talking in comments. It was all TikTok comments, right? It, this isn't like, uh, you know, anybody major came out and said anything. But it was all, like, all the comments, like, this is too expensive for a side-scroller. What do you, what, what, I'll wait till it goes on sale, yada, yada, yada. But then, then you hear the reviews. And you had mentioned to me that the, the reviews were good. So, yeah. It's interesting because you see a lot of indie games in this realm and AAA is doing it. And you would argue that $50 less than the AAA standard at this point. So, yeah, uh, it, it's very interesting. I also, you know, it's it's strange to me that people are tying a genre to a specific price tag. Mm-hmm. The genre of a game like does not have any influence in my mind over what the price of that game should be. Yeah. If the game is great, then I'm, I'm fine paying a premium price for it. Uh, and also when we talk about Prince of Persia, right? Like why can't people, you know, I understand it's TikTok comments. They're usually yeah. negative, right? Yeah. Uh, they're very critical over yeah. things, but we haven't, you know, can't people just be happy that we have a Prince of Persia game that is a potential game of the year contender? Like, who saw about? this even coming? Yeah, like, yeah. who saw this coming at all? Uh, like, it, it, it's, I was not even planning to pick up this game, and now I've considered it. I probably will end up getting it on sale, and that's just because I don't have the time right now to play mm-hmm. it. It's not really because I don't find the value. I know that kind of defeats what I had mentioned before, but, or contradicts, but, uh, um, I do think that, you know, people just need to get over themselves and it's ridiculous to like, be like, oh, this is a side scroller, so it shouldn't be worth this amount of money. So does that mean if it was a Prince of Persia third person adventure game, but it was terrible, that would be worth $50? Like that doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any sense, um, to me. So that really ticks me off though, because on this podcast, we play a lot of different genres. We've played yeah. things that we are not comfortable with. Um, like the perfect example is the Norp Apologue, right? Like we gave that a, a fantastic review. I've never really played a game like that before. Of course, it's not a $50 game, but I would have paid, I would have been happy paying like $20 for that game. I would have been like, this is like, I have had so much fun playing it that that's totally fine with me. And so anyway, that's just my two cents there. I know we're talking about Prince of Persia a lot, but it's, it's, it's a very interesting conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I'll be honest with you. I think I'm going to get it on the Switch because you know I don't have a lot of time to play a lot of things either. But the Switch is something I could just bring into bed 
and play a little yeah. bit before I go to bed. And uh, I, I'm I'm super stoked to actually play it. But on yeah. to I've also oh go ahead oh sorry just one last thing that I just remembered I've also heard for the people out there that haven't picked up Prince of Persia. I've actually heard be- that it is a Metroidvania, but it's okay. a great Metroidvania for people that have never played a Metroidvania oh, before. Oh, yeah. It's a really great introductory one because I think there's a, like a good amount of cutscenes, so it almost feels like a maybe like a AAA story game that kind of has some Metroidvania elements in the gameplay. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of the gameplay for it, but just for people out there that are interested in Metroidvanias that have never played one, apparently this is a really good introductory one. So. Yeah, and I don't remember if if the original Prince of Persia would be considered Metroidvania, but I think it had elements to it. Like it was a 3D game. Um yeah. from what I remember. And I mean gosh, I, I think I played it on the GameCube. And yeah. and it was just so much fun. But I think you like have to unlock abilities and stuff like that to get through the through the game. Uh su- super cool, super cool. So I, I definitely want to check it out, but this yep. is potentially so. I wanted to ask you this: this next bit that I kind of came came across um, is potentially indie game news. Pal World, I don't know if yep. you've heard of it, is is coming out. In early, they just announced early access is going to be the end of this week, I think Friday, and I think it's going to launch on Game Pass the same day. Now, Pal World, for anybody who doesn't know, it is a Pokemon clone, but guess what? The train you as the trainer are are shooting them up like Fortnite style, right? It's like it's like Pokemon Fortnite, but not Pokemon licensed. And it's by gosh, what the heck is it called? Um, oh man, I thought I just had it's by oh Pocket Pair is the developer yeah. who they've they've created Craftopia, which I never played, but. I'm I'm looking at like I saw the the launch trailer or like the gameplay trailer. It looked really cool, right? It's like oh wow, it's like Fortnite but with Pokemon and all this kind of stuff. And they look exactly like Pokemon, and it looks better than a Pokemon game because if you if if I'm gonna be honest, as much as I love the OG Pokemon, I have not liked a new Pokemon game in a long time. And I'm looking at this and I'm like. This could be a serious contender, you know, for the the spot that Pokemon holds in the market. Uh, do you think that is Pocket? I can't really tell if Pocket Pair is a indie game developer because it seems like there's a lot of money behind them. Uh, the developer had worked for Nintendo, had helped the the um, develop the DS, I think, and yeah, and then uh, also like invented a cryptocurrency and stuff like that. So like, obviously this, this guy's been, been around. So what's your take? Have have you seen anything about this game? Yeah, I was actually watching a stream of it today. um, And it's something that I think it was announced. um, It was at one of the conferences. Cause I, I always, every time I'm watching like an E3 or whatever, um, I'm always making a list of games that look like interesting to me so I can kind of keep my eye on them. And that was definitely one of them. Um, and I actually didn't realize it was launching so soon until I saw some people streaming it today. Um, and for me, you know, it did. It does look interesting. Um, and it is on Game Pass, right? So it's it's very accessible. Um, but for me, I don't know. Like, I've always felt like the Pokemon clones never really do it that well for me, right? Like, I, I've played some of the other ones, and I just, 
you know, um, like obviously like Digimon and stuff like that back in the day, it just never really resonated with me the way that Pokemon did. And that's obviously like a huge nostalgia reason. Um, and I, I do find it interesting. I think that it's really smart. I think the game is, is, is smart in the way that it's, it's been kind of made because there is that popularity, right. With Fortnite, and it's kind of familiar in a way. Um, but then it's also, you know, people obviously love Pokemon. So it's kind of combining two things that like are already winners that you're kind of, you know, hoping that this is also a winner. And it, it almost reminds me, I, I played this game on, on steam called Dinkum which is an Animal Crossing clone. Mm. Um, and it's got some it's got some interesting, it's definitely like super influenced by Animal Crossing, but it's got some other interesting um, aspects with it. Like you can change the camera around. It's kind of that third person, so you're not kind of stuck in one view. So that's kind of nice, you know, to be able to do that sort of stuff. And that had a really great, had a lot of positive feedback behind it, but I never hear anything about it today, right? Like, I'm not, I don't hear people going like, oh, I hope Dinkum 2 is announced, you know, at, at like the this event or whatever it is. So I think Pal World, like for me, it's kind of falling into that bucket where like, it's going to have the hype and then no one's going to really care about it too much. Um, I did see some, some streamers that I follow that um, they're aware of Craftopia, the other game that they've developed. And I guess that was a a pretty big flop um, from yeah. what I've seen. I haven't really looked into that. So they were kind of assuming that this would be, but then it seems like they were kind of surprised uh, because a lot of creators are getting kind of early access right now to that game. Um, and that's why they're streaming it. Um, so they're kind of surprised so far, right? That of like how much better they thought it, um, you know, how much better it is than they what they thought. Uh, but I also think we're in that grace period that like, you know, People are going to love it because it's new. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of one of those games that's probably just going to, like, fall into the background that, like, you know, unless they they really innovate. Like, I just – the gameplay I was watching, it was just, like, two trainers, like, just shooting everything. Like, like just, like – like, it's just for me, maybe it's just, like, it's, like, scarring me. It's, like, I don't want to – even though it's not a Pokemon, like, I don't want to shoot it, you know? Like, <laughs> I just want to collect it. Like, I don't want to shoot it. Um, so it just, I mean, maybe kids are liking it or whatever, but I, it's just not something for me personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see how the general public takes to it. I am not a Fortnite fan. Like I don't, I, like I'll, I'll, I'll mess around with a shooter, but I, I hate the building aspect of Fortnite. I think it's, yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it, I, I can't believe that Fortnite is as popular as it is because that aspect of the game is, is it drives me nuts. Anytime I've tried to play, I'm like, I just hate this part. Like, let me just run around and shoot. Like, so like something like PUBG was always a little bit more uh, my speed in that, that regard. Now, yeah. this one, I'm interested to see if it takes off because first of all, it does, it does have the feel, the Pokemon feel. And I did see a lot of people comment, like I was just kind of going through like YouTube comments and stuff like that on the different reveal trailers. And there's a lot of people saying this is what the Pokemon Rocket League, not Rocket League, uh, Team Rocket game could have been, right? Where Ooh, it's a little bit more, you know, you, you talk about like you don't want to kill Pokemon, but Team Rocket actually didn't care. Like, you know, I think they watered it down as, as like, you know, the, the franchise got bigger. But, like, it felt like if you go back and play, like, blue and red and yellow, they're like, no, like, we don't care at all about Pokemon. Like, 
these are just our slaves. We don't care if they die or anything like that. So like, yeah, there is that aspect to it. I don't know if they'll actually capture that audience, but it was just interesting to see that because I saw it popped up on my algorithm and I was like, how is like, is it? And it just said Pokemon like, which is kind of yeah. going back to the ever part. And I was like, Pokemon like it's, it's not a Pokemon like, because it's not a turn-based RPG. It's, yeah. it just looks like Pokemon. So like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it a Pokemon like if we're going to go by the rules of the likes, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see where the general public falls on this game because yeah, I think it actually has potential. If it, if it nails the replayability of of Fortnite with the added bonus of people kind of being into the creature thing, you know, the, the, the pocket monster thing, I think it could be a thing you know, as opposed to uh, Dinkum, which, you know, Animal Crossing is tough to do uh, kind of a imitator because yeah, like th- there's replayability, but there's no like, oh, let's get another game in, you know, as yeah, where like Fortnite and Call of Duty and stuff like that, they all have that. Like, who cares? Like, I lost that game. Let's play another real quick. So very interesting. Wanted to get your thoughts. But speaking of all these likes, we have a Vampire Survivor like a VS like to talk about Time Survivors. Maddie, can you tell us? what this game's about. Yeah, so this is an interesting one, um, and this is from their Steam description. Um, well, this is developed by Lunar Chili. There are only three developers, and just for transparency, we did receive these keys from the developers. Thank you for sending them over. We appreciate it. Um, that does not affect anything when it comes to our judgment of the game or our review of the game, uh, but we appreciate you sending over those keys. And yeah, a small development studio, Lunar Chili, they also published the game. It's available on Steam. It's actually on sale right now for $3.99 until January 22nd. So if you're listening right now on the day of release of this episode, uh, you got a few days to, to pick up this game if you would like to. Normal price is $5.99, um, so still relatively cheap game. And they call it the most historically inaccurate roguelike ever made. So they're calling it a roguelike in here, which is interesting, which I guess it technically is. Um, but I've seen everyone else call it a, a VS-like or Vampire Survivors-like. And it says here, uh, slay hordes of minions as Lincoln, that's Abe Lincoln, uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla, Cleopatra, and other historic heroes with unique abilities fight through various historical eras, collect resources, unlock and enhance gameplay through deep skill tree meta progression. So it is very similar to Vampire Survivors. If you're a fan of Vampire Survivors, I would definitely recommend at least checking out this game on the Steam page. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the game in a nutshell. Yeah, and it is an interesting one, and and I, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about gameplay. I'll start it off here. Yeah. I've played Vampire it. Survivors, right? Uh, mostly on my phone, which I think I think it's the optimal way to play it because it is a, somewhat of a time killer. Now, where uh, the optimal uses for Vampire Survivor. Uh, happen on the phone I think kind of stop with this game I think it it does benefit from being on the PC a little bit I I would say the gameplay is good it's it's not complex right it's something that it felt like 
if I really, really tried, if I tried super hard 15 years ago, 2006, I could have made this on Game Maker, right? That old, <laughs> like it, it, it has that kind of feel, right? Like it, there's no real yep. physics to it. It's all top down and you're just kind of walking around the screen. And it is a lot like Vampire Survivors in that regard. And I think it succeeds in a lot of way, ways. And I like that you kind of get these these familiar characters. Now, if they make a lot of sense, they don't. They certainly don't. They, they kind of say that in the description. But uh, I do have one major gripe. Uh, and I guess it will come down to the story. I'll leave it for the story. But uh, okay. class, it's, it's, it's a classic vampire survivor. You're just running around. You're killing these enemies. Um, there are special relics you can find. And they typically have a curse. The curse is like a, a timed thing. Or, or there is like a, almost like a mini quest you have to complete for the curse to be over. And for you to just get the full benefit of the relic. Right, it will have a upside and the downside's the curse, but you can get rid of the curse if you do what the curse wants you to do. Uh, I like that aspect. I don't know. If, I don't think Vampire Survivors had that, to my knowledge. Um, yeah, they've had some updates, and to be honest, I haven't played every update from Vampire Survivors, but the vanilla version mm-hmm. did not have that, from from what I know. Yeah, so like I actually enjoyed that. It, it felt like uh, it. it Rather than wander aimlessly around the map, it gave you kind of a um, a goal, right? Like, you know, go get the relics because they're going to eventually help you beat the level or get to the point where you can unlock more stuff in the skill tree or whatever you call it, like the, the shop tree. And uh, I like that it gave you an indicator in, in, as to where to go. However, I will say when you get to the actual tree, so like in between rounds, like you go out into the world with whichever character you, you choose. I forget the name of the original character you start with, but I think the second Claire. one. You, what was that? Claire. Claire. Sorry. Claire. You start with yeah. Claire. She's not a historical figure. She's, she's not. She's just like, a, yeah. she's the only one that's not. Yeah. So you start with Claire and she has a very confusing special ability. I guess you get a, you can press space bar to use a special ability. And she basically becomes, uh, or makes like a, a big hologram or something like that. I guess it maybe distracts the enemies, but it didn't really feel yeah. like it to me. Um, and then there's like different power-ups you can pick up as you move through. Much like Vampire Survivors, if you level up, you get to upgrade something or, or pick something new. Um, you have certain weapon slots. You can upgrade the amount of weapon slots you have throughout the game. And it's it's very cut and dry right like it's it's very this is what you're doing you're just going to keep playing and you're going to try to unlock everything and sure there's some skill involved but not a whole lot just like don't wander aimlessly and you should be good you unlock i unlocked abe lincoln i don't know if that's true for everybody but i unlocked abe lincoln second and his weapon starting weapon is like a like a flail Right, like yep. a mace flail thing, which yeah. is uh, something. And I'll talk about it in the story. I, I don't even want to talk about it. So I want to talk about the tree. There is a tree in between the ru- the runs that you go on, and that's where, like, if you have coins, you it will tell you what's new. It will give you an indicator of what's new, and also give you an indicator of what you can buy. I will say I did not like the tree was a little bit overwhelming 
to me. I felt like it didn't really have, I mean, it had a rhyme and reason, but it didn't feel like it had a rhyme or reason, right? It kind of felt chaotic. And I didn't personally like that. I kind of like a better mapped out like skill tree or progression tree or whatever. Um, and I was not a huge fan of that, but the gameplay is, it's solid. It's simple. You know, if you like vampire survivors, you're going to like time survivors. And I, I happen to like vampire survivors. So I, I did have a good time with the gameplay. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think overall, like the gameplay, gameplay wise, you know, I think the biggest difference for me was, at least in the levels that I played, I think I played um, at least the first two levels. Um, and there, there's not as many, it didn't feel like there were as many enemies as in Vampire Survivors uh, for me. Like it almost, but it, at the same time, it also felt like it was a little bit more difficult. I don't know if the enemies just hit like a little bit harder, maybe than like what I'm used to from Vampire Survivors, which is fine. You know, if that's the way that this game works, obviously it doesn't need to work the same way as vampire survivors. But overall, I mean, I found the gameplay, um, to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was, it was great having that kind of compass that leads you to the different relics. I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, like you mentioned, yeah, it's great to have like a direction to go like in vampire survivors. I'm just kind of like wandering around aimlessly, just hoping to find something. Um, when in this game, like you kind of, yeah, you kind of have like those mini quests that you can sort of find within the game. You have multiple weapon slots, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, the, as far as the skill tree goes, um, you know, it was a little bit confusing for me. I, I did find that it was interesting that you could, you can upgrade like certain stats for certain um, heroes or whatever characters, whatever you want to call them. Um, so like, for example, like Abe Lincoln let you upgrade his luck stat but if you tried to do that on Claire, like that was not available. So like there were there's certain stats, I guess, that are like unlocked for certain characters. Um, so it's kind of interesting because you can spend your coins in a different way. And like if you want Abe Lincoln to have a ton of luck and like you don't want to upgrade his health at all, like you can do that. You know, it's not just like you're like, oh, I'm just going to upgrade Abe, Abe Lincoln and all of his stats kind of go up at the same time. You can kind of pick and choose which stat you want to um, what want to upgrade as long as it's kind of unlocked for that character. I don't know if later in the game more stats kind of become unlocked, but you do unlock more characters. There's character like I just I wrote down all the characters in case people are curious because it is you know based on historical figures. So there's Claire, that starting character that's not a historical figure. Abe Lincoln. You've got Mulan. You've got Mulan's father. I, I don't know how to exactly pronounce this, but it's. H-U-A space H-U, Hua Hu. I think I'm not 100% sure on that. Probably Hua um, Hu or something like that. Hua, Hua, Hua Hu. Hu, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so that's Mulan's father, which is really interesting. Uh, Napoleon, you got Vincent Van Gogh, Cleopatra, Nero. Uh, you got a Neanderthal named Ned. Uh, Nobu, Nikola Tesla, and Anita. Um, so uh, I thought... You know, it was great to kind of have all those historical figures in there. Obviously, it opens up the door also for like some DLC, which is really interesting. But I did find that like the the skill tree, yeah, it was a bit confusing at first. Um, and I do find like if I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna keep comparing this to Vampire Survivors because that's just what all these games are gonna be compared to. The one in Vampire Survivors is a lot easier to understand. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a lot simpler. Um, and you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just 
something that other I, I didn't really see a lot of people complaining about that in the reviews. I did check out a lot of the reviews, and I was kind of surprised that people weren't mentioning that um, enough. But um, what I did find really interesting, though, with the game, and I'm not sure if you experienced this, but like the second level, which is um, uh, it's it's in Egypt. It's actually a side scroller. It doesn't work like the first level where mm-hmm. you're you can go in any direction. Like you are it the 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 screen is automatically kind of moving to the right. And so you have to go that direction, which I found interesting and also just a new type of challenge. I'm not sure Vampire Survivors kind of does that. Um, but I thought that was really really cool. And then really um, you know, you mentioned uh the kind of the events with the relics. There's like a time crystal event where you have to stay in this circle for a certain amount of time while enemies are coming at you and you can get a time crystal, which is like a valuable currency in the game. Uh one thing that I found was a lot of fun was there was a mushroom power up that I got out of a out of a jar and you just grow huge and you can stomp on everybody. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, you can upgrade your, uh, the amount of weapon slots you have. Like there's a good amount of depth with the game, like everything that we're kind of talking about. I felt like there was a good amount of depth for a game that's, that just came out. That's like a 1.0 version. Um, and then the last thing that I just thought was really great gameplay wise was you can unlock a sandbox mode, um, in the game that lets you test builds and really wacky experimental builds that you want to try out. Um, and all you have to do is, at least in the achievements, I didn't actually unlock the sandbox mode, um, but it says once you meet your first huge monster dog in the game, I, whatever that is, I, you know, it might just, it just says meet, so you might just have to walk and just see it. Um, it unlocks that sandbox mode, which I thought was a really cool idea for a game like this. I don't think Vampire Survivors has that, so I think the sandbox mode was a, just a really nice touch that they, that they added onto the game. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I, I found the gameplay a lot of fun. I'm going to be playing more of it. I want to try out some of the other historical figures and see how I can, you know, kind of unlock them. Um, Abe Lincoln. Yeah, he did have that flail, um, which I know you want to talk more about, but, uh, it was, uh, that, that was definitely a little odd for me, but, um, yeah, it just, I think overall, like I, I did enjoy the gameplay. Yeah. Kind of not like, it's so weird. Cause like, Vampire Survivors is isn't that old, but it this does feel like a classic Vampire Survivors like game, um, yeah. which which I think is what we're getting at. But story wise, it's minimal, right? But you know, you you do have these historical characters that we're all not all of us, but like you know, most people are pretty familiar with, and you know, it's kind of cool to kind of get these these real people to kind of play with, and you know, I like. Uh, I always enjoyed the book, Vamp or Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I always really yeah. liked that, like kind of alternative history. So I kind of enjoy uh, that vibe that's going on here. Um, I to be honest, I hated the movie because the movie was so much different than the book of that 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 book. But it's neither here nor there, and I'm not hung up <laughs> on it at all. I only just mentioned it a million times. But um, but yeah, the story is very minimal. Uh, but cool. I, I do like that kind of stuff. And unlocking, like in Vampire, the original Vampire Survivors, like you have this progression and it's a very addicting gameplay. And you're getting a lot of that here. But there's an added push 
or not push. Uh, it creates a desire to unlock the other characters, right? In this one, a little bit more because we know what these characters are, right? We know Abe Lincoln, we know Tesla, we know we know these uh, Van Gogh and stuff like that. We know these characters, so it does make you want to continue to grind and try to get the currency and unlock these characters so you can see what they do, right? You know, yeah. they all have their own kind of unique play abilities that that you get to experience. Now, <laughs> I I I mentioned it. I don't know why Abraham Lincoln can't have an axe, man. That's what he should have. <laughs> why are you giving him a flail? There's it's it's not hard to make an axe playable in the game. There might even be an axe that you can unlock at some point. Why is he starting with a flail? It makes no sense to me. It's a it, it I know it's silly, but it's a pet peeve. I was like, I want Abraham Lincoln to have an axe. Right, he made a log cabin, and he had to chop down those trees with an axe. It's part of his like mythos. Give us the axe, and also on top of that, and I, I get it. It's historically inaccurate. They they say that in the title, but his his like special ability is create is it basically creates a bunch of cherry trees, right? Which I understand they grow in Washington D.C. Whatever. But wasn't it George Washington who cut down the the cherry tree? Like, guys, let's let's at least rein it in a little bit. Let's let's actually make make it make sense a little bit, right? Yeah. And Abraham Lincoln could have done so much cool stuff, right? Like with his ability, like he 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 arguably has the most lore and like folklore out of any president. In the United oh, States, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like you give thought, him cherry trees. I, I thought you were just referring to like his life as lore. <laughs> and I'm just, just like, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess he does, you know. But I understand what you're saying, like, you know, spinoff, like Abraham yeah. Lincoln spinoffs. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Right? I couldn't yeah. tell lies, like, well, you know, sh- shit like that, like. Like, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. It keeps them honest somehow. I don't, you guys are developers. You you bake it up. But I, that yeah. was just a pet peeve. But other than that, it's it's a, it's a very simple game. So it's going to have a very simple story. But it does have a progression. And I, I find that it, it did make you want to continue to play. And I think that should be the, the main goal of the story. Yeah, no, definitely. Um yeah, there's not a ton of story. There's like an inherited story just because we do know these people. But I, I agree. Like, it would have been great to have an axe or like something with like his hat, maybe, you know, like that, maybe like a black hole, like his special abilities. Like he throws his hat and it like sucks in the enemies around it or something like that would be cool. The cherry trees. I mean, I'm not a history buff or anything like that. Maybe he had something to do with cherry trees. I don't know. Like I, but I have heard, you know, George Washington is more on the cherry tree side and Hey, let's get George in the game. You know, I mean, come on, like you give him a musket, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe he's on a boat. No, I don't know. But that's the thing with this game too, is like, like I mentioned, like there's just so much they could add in there. That would just be hilarious. But, but yeah, it has to be, you know, obviously Abraham Lincoln wasn't fighting like gargoyles and stuff. That's the historically inaccurate part, but like at least make the character a little bit more historically accurate. I can understand that. Um, But uh, I also just found the flail to just be odd with like how, and maybe this is more on the art side, 
um, which I guess you know we can get into if you're if you're ready to talk about some art stuff. Yeah, let's talk about um, visuals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I found the flail was a little bit odd with the way that it sort of moved. Um, it kind of didn't flail around the way that I was thinking it would. Um, so maybe having an axe would be a little bit better. Um, and also, I believe there's an axe in Vampire Survivors. Maybe that's why there's like an axe item, I believe. Maybe that's why they didn't want to do it. I'm not too sure, but that is, that, that's a great point, though, overall. But, like, um, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, Abraham Lincoln should have, like, a wood, like a logging axe. You know, I don't know yeah. if there's a logging axe in Vampire. It's probably, like, some kind of True. battle axe, right? You know, from, yeah. from my memory. But, yeah, yeah. No, you... You're right, but uh, the visuals, what else did you think about them? Yeah, so um, for me, like the art right out of the gate, um, you know, it is, it does have that retro vibe to it, um, but it, I found it to be a little bit more realistic looking than in Vampire Survivors. Like when you first start, you have these rats coming after you and they look like rats, you know, like they're not really pixelated or anything like that. So I think the, a lot of the art, like I, I thought it was really neat that some, basically some characters kind of look a little, little bit more retro. Some of them look a little, a little bit more, I can't talk, a little bit more realistic. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. In terms of like the environment, um, I did have like an issue where, um, and maybe this is just something I didn't do right, but I, I found like buildings that had like kind of a black door on the front that kind of looked like you could enter it. Almost like I was like, oh, wow, like there's like a secret level here or something like that. I walked up to it. I couldn't go into it. So I don't, you know, that might be something they want to tweak on the art side. Unless, like I said, maybe there's something I just didn't do and maybe there's a way to unlock that. Um, and then uh, another just kind of small gripe I had with the art um, was really around, like, the HUD and just, like, kind of the overlay. I almost felt like it was just too big. Like, I, I almost felt like the game wanted me to be sitting on the couch playing with a controller versus, like, sitting at my computer and playing. Um, so I don't know. You know, I couldn't really find an option, and, and maybe I just missed it for, like, a HUD scale or some way to, like, kind of shrink the HUD down. But, like, some of the menus, like, when you pick up or, or you know, when you collect enough coins and you, you can kind of level up one of your abilities. Like it was just huge. I was like, wow. Like I, I just like, I felt like, am I blind? You know, like, like I felt like I had the scale really high on my computer, but it was just the way the game was. Um, so that was something that like, maybe they could add a HUD scale in there. I think that would be great. Um, but overall, I mean, like I enjoyed the art, like, like you mentioned it, even though vampire survivors wasn't that long ago, it does feel like it fits with that retro vibe, that kind of uh, old school vibe. And um, yeah, overall, like I, I was pretty pleased with the art. Uh, there were just kind of a few things here and there that I think they could tweak. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I just thought, I thought it was pretty great overall. Um, what about you? Yeah. So I, I agree with you on the, the HUD, right. And I don't know if it was that it was too big, but I think it was just like, some things were like in your face and then other things that I think actually had equal importance to your knowledge of what was going on in the game was small. Like in the top right corner, it felt small compared to the top bar that felt huge. Yeah. Right. And I think your, your health was in the right, the, the top, right. So like, and then, and then your experience was in the, the, the top. So what are we caring about here? Like we should care about those equally in, in a way. So 
I felt like the messaging of what you should be focusing on throughout the game uh, was kind of thrown out of whack because of the way they designed the HUD. And then I also had a lot of issues with the the art in general, uh, not because it looked bad. I actually think like individually, if you look at each individual thing, I think it looked cool. I think it was mm-hmm. it match matches what you'd expect out of Vampire Survivors, but there were, and like you said, like some things felt realistic, some things felt retro, and there is a fine line when you combine those things. Uh, we talked about, you know, different games where maybe it's pixel art in like a very 3D world or something like that. There's a fine line that you can make it work, and I felt like this did not make it work. I felt like, the art styles clashed whenever I saw, you know, the, the more pixel art stuff. And then you'd see something a little bit more realistic. I would be like, it just felt like all of a sudden it just felt messy. And I, I didn't really enjoy that a whole lot. And I, I think I understand that they were perhaps going for, well, we can't just be vampire survivors. And I get that. I totally get that. And they were like, well, this would be a nice differentiator right? because we're we're kind of upping our game with some of the stuff with with the different realistic stuff. And I felt like that it just missed the mark and it just felt messy, at least to me. I felt it looked and, and felt messy when I was playing it, which is a shame because I think a lot of the character design was cool and, and stuff like that. Uh, but that's just where I landed. And I guess that also goes back to the the like progression tree, the progression tree felt overwhelming and, and, and not very clear. And that might've been part of the, the design too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair too. You know, like it's interesting with these games that are like likes of other popular games, you know, you gotta imagine the thinking is like, well, we love so much about that original game, but we need to be able to switch it up enough so that, um, you know, it, it's, it's our, our own thing. But sometimes it's it's hard to like get that right, you know. So I totally yeah, I totally understand. Like that was the first thing I really noticed, right? When like I saw the rats and then I started seeing some of the other characters, I was like, oh, like they're mixing up like the art styles a bit in this. Um, so I could totally see how that could be like kind of a turnoff in a way of like um, you know just just the way the art is. Um, but I know I do have some thoughts on on the sound and the sound effects and the music. Hit me. Um, and I got to say, right out of the gate, the sound effects were too loud for oh. me. <laughs> okay, I, interesting. Like, uh, so at least for certain, for certain like mobs that you kind of come across. So when I first started, there's kind of like that group of like, I don't even know, like bats or something. I think it's bats and vampires, but whatever it is, it's like orange. And they just kind of fly by. And those things were so loud that it just like it did not. It wasn't like they were loud. um uh, on purpose, it kind of felt like each one of them maybe had their own sound file and they were just all overlapped on each other. And it was just a lot at once. So immediately I just went in and kind of turned down the sound effects. But from that point on, I was fine with, with the sound effects in the game, like collecting things and like just some of the, you know, the grunts and all that sort of stuff that some of the enemies have. Um, I thought that was fine in the game, but there were a few things like that that would happen every now and then where I was like, thank God I have my sound effects a little bit lower because that was pretty dang loud. 
uh, for me. So I, I did see actually some other people mention that in some of their reviews as well. So and that's something that they can obviously tweak with an update and patch that. Um, and you know, it's, it's obviously, it could be something that slipped through the cracks. It's a three person development team. Like you're not going to catch everything. So, um, you know, hopefully that feedback there is, is heard and, and they make an update there. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, like in terms of the music, I, I, I thought the music was fine. You know, it's kind of got like that, um, retro arcadey vibe, um, to it, uh, kind of with that, like almost like a dark agey sort of, sort of vibe as well. Um, so yeah, overall, like I, I was fine with the music. Um, you know, it reminded me of vampire survivors in a way. Um, but yeah, overall, like that was my really only gripe with the sound was just like some stuff can be a little bit too loud. Yeah. Uh, I think I've, I ran into a little bit of the, the unbalanced sound design there and I can understand that being an issue. It didn't really bother me. It didn't really like, I, I, it, I wasn't like taken by surprise by it, but um, I, I enjoyed the music. I think the music was like a perfect fit, right? Yeah. Like you said, I think it just made uh, like sense with what this game was and, and, and match the vibe and, end the gameplay. And that's all you can really ask for with, with uh, a soundtrack. And the sound effects to me were very nostalgic, right? It took me back to like the, the Game Boy Advance slash like early DS uh, Castlevania games. They had a lot of, it was almost, I, I mean, I'll have to go back and look, but like, I felt like almost they stole the sound effects from it. That's how much <laughs> they sounded like them. And I was like, this is like bringing me back to, you know, elementary school, middle school, Tommy, right. When I'm playing like those Castlevania games, uh, in bed after the lights are off, right? Like it, there, there was something about that that was very comforting, and I was like, oh, yeah. this is I can I can mess with this. I I really like that. So like I enjoy that. Don't know where they got it. You know, if there was like some kind of royalty free area that like maybe that's why I recognize it. But I I I, I think the maybe are there bears in it? Uh, actually, you know what? The rats. The yeah. rats sounded a lot like the rats in RuneScape, and <laughs> and that was like and which scratches like such a good part of my brain that I'm just like yeah like I think everybody should just like anything that's using pixel art should just use the sound effects from RuneScape for whatever reason <laughs> they just sound good to me so um, but that's that's where it landed on the music but in terms of performance though performance was I don't know it was it 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 shouldn't have performed uh, badly on, on yeah. the PC and it didn't. So that's, that's where I was with that. Yeah. Same here. Um, you know, ran really well, definitely a game that could also run on my phone, just like vampire survivors. Like it's, it's, it's nothing too uh, complicated and, you know, props to the devs for being able to optimize that. There's a lot of things going on at once, right. In a game like this. So um, yeah, ran really well for me, but you know what time it is, Tommy. It's time for our review now. For any newcomers, our, our ratings are grocery store themed. Uh, cer- certainly, uh, number one is certified fresh juice because we are fresh juice and we want it to be certified fresh juice. A steal, right? Oh, this is a great price for whatever's going on. Uh, get on sale. You know, it's it's a perhaps a product you like, but you don't want to spend the money on it all the time. And then you got manager special. These are, you know, the cheeses that might look a little funky. Uh, you know that that perhaps 
you know, the, they didn't want to sell a full price, so they sell at a deep discount. And then there's spoiled milk, which nobody really wants. Nobody wants to buy that. Anything expired sucks. So where did you rate this game, Betty? So with everything that we covered there, um, I am rating this game a steal. And here's my reasoning for it. When I was playing this, I almost felt like, you know, there there are issues, obviously. We mentioned some of the sound issues, some of the kind of skill tree gameplay, uh, you know, slight gameplay issues. Um, but I almost felt like I was playing Vampire Survivors 2 in a way where, like, this could easily be, you know, a sequel to Vampire Survivors. And I think really what is is kind of solidifying the steel for me is that, like, this game has potential. You know, it just came out. I could see just like Vampire Survivors where like, you know, it obviously encapsulated a lot of people when when that game came out. And now it's just like grown to kind of its own sort of beast after all these other updates that the game has had that I could see this game kind of having a similar run. And the fact that the price is five dollars and it's on sale right now for four, I just kind of felt like the devs did a lot of things right here. And I, you know, they seem like they're very active as well and, and listening to feedback. So I have high hopes for, for this game. I don't think it will ever reach like a certified fresh juice for me just because, you know, it's not a truly original idea, right? Like Vampire Survivors for me was like something I've never played before. Like I felt, like I said, like I was playing a sequel to Vampire Survivors um, or some sort of like spinoff. It, it seemed like it was very closely related and like, they did a lot of things right and a lot of new things that um, uh, I just found really fun. That's really it. I just had a lot of fun with the game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a steal. Interesting, interesting. All right, you got a steal from Maddie. I'm going to give it a solid get on sale. And my reasoning is it is I think they really nailed the gameplay, right? But you know, there's a lot that they could really shore up that they haven't, right? Like I, I mentioned my issues with the visuals. They kind of really bothered me. Like I understand, I, I understand they're trying to be different, but sometimes less is more. And especially with something like this. So I I found that if they could shore up the visuals a little bit and maybe give like an X, but no, that's that. <laughs> That is whatever. That's a that's a um a choice, and and that's totally fine. I, I can't count against them. Uh, but I found that if if they just shore up the issues that I had, I think it could move up to a steal. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I I think if this is like a discounted version of Vampire Survivors, I would look at it. Right? You know, it's like oh man, you know, Vampire Survivors what five dollars? I don't know. Is that like five dollars? Um, yeah. Yeah, I believe it, so. Yeah, like if it if this is full price, I I I can't recommend this over Vampire Survivors to be honest, and and I don't want to like actually compare it, but you are calling it Time Survivors, and it is a lot like that game. So if you want people to buy it at full price, I think you have to look at it and say, uh, this is as good. And I do not think it is. And and that's just where I've fallen. I think it's a, a fine attempt at it. And I think you can have a lot of fun with it. And it perhaps can go deeper. But the issues yeah. surrounding it uh, make it a little difficult for me to give it a steal. But I, I would say it's a, a solid get on sale. 
Yeah, no, I think that's fair too. And like in my eyes, Vampire Survivors is a, if we were to review it, a certified fresh juice for yeah. me. The gold standard. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's interesting reviewing games that are likes, right? Of, of, or, you know, similar to another game on purpose um, and trying to kind of, you know, uh, read between the lines with a lot of different things. So yeah, no, totally fair with that. Um, and we have some great listener questions now coming up tommy um and if you don't mind I'm, i'll intro them if you want yeah, if you absolutely. want me to yeah no cool. hit it. i mean if anybody wants to submit any intro qu- or not intro questions listener questions check out our discord it's humming and dinging and now we're getting like a lot of listener questions yeah yeah it's, they're coming in um so be sure to submit them too because we might just you know we, we got to fit them in the episodes we can't do everybody's question you yeah. know in an episode we're gonna have to spread them out um, but, uh, all right. So our first listener question here is from Mr. Kamor and Kamor asks, what is your most memorable no way moment that had you in awe or shock for any game? Um, so I saw this question and I tried to think of like, when I think of a no way moment, it's more like no way you know kind of like that like that's what i'm thinking so i had to like kind of rack my brain and where i came wow yeah (laughs) where i ended up where i ended up folks (laughs) (laughs) it's a family show no uh (laughs) is uh tony hawk pro skater 3 unlocking darth maul as a playable character was my most memorable no way moment that I had in any game. Cause I was like Darth Maul. I'm a kid. Coolest character out of star, the star Wars prequels, at least, which if you ask me all suck now that I'm an adult and rewatch them, but Darth Maul is pretty cool. And pod racing is also really cool. Darth Maul on a skateboard. You throw the moon physics cheat code in there and then you're just off to the races. It was, <laughs> it was the coolest thing. And, you know, we had talked about Tony Hawk pro skater on the show before and like just how iconic that series was at, at some point. And, and I think the third one was the last one I truly played a lot of, but God, Darth Maul on a skateboard. Yeah. That was, that was crazy. Who, yeah, who would no. ever thought? Nobody ever thought that. <laughs> we don't even have games nowadays that have that type of yeah. collaboration, you know? Um, no, that that yeah, that's a great moment. And um yeah, that's a really good one. That's a good one. You had to dig deep for that one mm-hmm. right there. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, for me, you know, um, well, you got me thinking like it would have been if Goku was actually in Super Smash Brothers. Because <laughs> Because it was, like, close to a no-way moment, if it was true. But that wasn't true. Uh, but for me, the first thing I, I thought of was, actually, it's for Gears of War. Gears of War 1, when I first got my Xbox 360, and I was first playing online, I remember I was actually talking with um, our, our buddy Bags um, through, like, Xbox Live. And it was, like, the first time I had ever talked, like, through a game, like, with friends. I was like, wow, this is, like, nuts. Like, I'm just sitting in my room. But, you know, I was so used to be like, partied up with the GameCube and all that stuff. I was like, oh, man, this, like, changes everything. 
And we're playing Gears of War, and like they, the iconic weapon in that game is the Lancer, which I have a few of them behind me, replicas. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's an assault rifle with a chainsaw on it. And I remember I was playing on Gridlock, for those of you nerds out there that know that, what that map is. Um, and my buddy Bags, I see him rev up his chainsaw on his weapon, and I'm just like, how the hell did you just do that? And he's like, you got to hold B. And I held B that entire fucking game. Like I was just, I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was just, it just blew my mind. Like I just, I had no idea that was even possible. You know, I picked up Gears of War because it looked cool at the store. My mom brought me, you know, it was a mature rated game. Like she had to be okay with her or whatever. And so I had no idea that was even in the realm of possibility of just like being able to like chainsaw people in a game that I thought was just about shooting. So, you know, um, that was definitely my most memorable no way moment for sure in a game. There's been other ones with like story related things, but as far as like a gameplay mechanic, I was just like, wow, that is, that is something I've just never really experienced again. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, there's something about that, like, kind of childlike wonder that, you know, we used to have, you know, whether it's that or the Darth Maul thing. And there's probably a ton of other things as well, uh, which is yeah. pretty cool. Next question does come from my birthday buddy, Capolo, who asks, what old indie game from long past would you recommend any video game fan to pick up? Ooh, this is a good one. Um yeah, you know, it's it's tough because you want to choose a game that is accessible, right? You don't want I, like I wouldn't choose like Super Meat Boy or something like really difficult, right? Um, at least I, you know, I don't think that's a great idea um, for any video game fan to pick up. Um, do you want to take this one, Tom? I gotta think about this for a second. Uh, yeah, I have an answer. I would say Axiom Verge. I think that is just a classic. Like if you want to play like something that kind of harks back to the old Metroid games, but takes a really unique twist and a really well thought out story where, you know, you have some challenges and puzzles and it just, it just was, I think it was one person too, which is pretty incredible. Like how successful and how amazing that game is. Axiom Verge would be my answer there. That's a great one. Yeah, I still have to play that game, but I have watched it on Twitch a lot. A lot of people have been playing that one. Definitely a really good one. Um, honestly, like this isn't a game from the days of old, but I really think Cocoon is like a very accessible, interesting game that uh, like my wife would enjoy. Like Maria would probably play that. And she I mean, she's not a big video game person, but like she likes games. Um, so I think like it's not an old one. Uh, Cocoon is a really great one. And maybe if I had to choose one that was a little bit older, it'd be like Subnautica is a really good indie game. If you like survival games, if you don't have whatever that phobia is of being in the ocean. Um, I, I, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever that is, uh, you definitely don't want to play this game, but that game really surprised the hell out of me, um, when I played it. So, uh, if you're into survival games, I would say Subnautica is a really good one to get into. And if you just don't know what to play, Cocoon is a, is just a really great game. Um, that's, you know, obviously newer. So actually recently on sale as well, we talked about that in the discord, it was 30% off. So if you join the discord, 
you might get uh, notified of great sales like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, great, great question there, Capolo. And then finally, you mentioned them already, but Bags has a question here that's, what's the indie game that got you into indie games? I think we've talked about this uh, from time to time, but um, you want to take this one first? Yeah, um, the indie game that got me into indie games. Uh, so I, I've talked about Super Meat Boy as being definitely one that like was one of my first, I think, indie games that I played. If we're not counting games like back on like you know the GameCube and N64, because it was hard to know what was indie really and what was not at that point. Um, Super Meat Boy is definitely one of them. Um, I gotta say though, like a game that really. Um, really made me appreciate indie games quite a bit is a game called Firewatch. Um, I haven't talked about it too much on on stream. I think it came out, uh, what is it, 2024 now? Maybe like 10 years ago, something like that. Um, Firewatch was a game that was recently actually on a deep discount. I missed sharing that in the Discord. It was on a very deep discount, and unfortunately it ended by the time I saw it. Um, but that was a game that like, I didn't realize how good a story could be in an indie game up until that point. It was just kind of, I was just kind of playing indie games that were, you know, like party games or like a game like super meat boy puzzle games, whatever that, you know, genre is. Um, and firewatch was one where I was just like, wow, this is a really well-crafted game. That's interesting. And it was really just something I picked up on a whim. Um, so firewatch is probably the game. One, one of the games that like, uh, didn't get me like super into indie games, but it made me really appreciate kind of the variety I could get in indie games. It it, it could tell a really good story. Um, so yeah, I, I'd probably say Firewatch was a was a good one for me. Yeah, that one I I had never played it, but it always looked pretty good to me. Um, uh, the indie game I would have to say that got me into indie games, like the first one I remember being like kind of obsessed with, was Enter the Gungeon. I think that game was. You know, it was probably like almost not 10 years old, maybe eight years old at this point, maybe even longer. It might be 10 years, which is 2024, nine, nine or so years old at this point. Yeah. That game just was so polished and well done and, and really had this like difficulty thing going on that that I, I enjoy kind of like trying to overcome the difficulty and like try to get better, even though, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old wash gamer who, who can't like, you know, have really good reflexes, but I enjoyed the challenge of trying and, uh, yeah, that one was just so good and kind of introduced me to the world of devolver, right? That was like a huge devolver, yeah. uh, title and kind of became a classic, had some spinoffs, even like a, um, a mobile spinoff that was kind of fun too. So yeah, enter the gungeon, I would say. Thanks for the question. Thanks. Yeah. See you this weekend. <laughs> and that brings us to the rec room, though, Maddie. Yes, Do you have anything does. to recommend this week? Yeah, I've got a food item um, that I uh, – so growing up, right, It's it's. I'll, I'll just tell you what it is right now. It is the cinnamon raisin English muffin from Thomas Thomas's English muffins. And I got to tell you, the reason for it is growing up, I never really had any of the variety English muffins. You know, it was always the regular ones in the house, just the standard ones, maybe a wheat one every now and then, whole wheat. It's totally fine. Um, we were at the store this past weekend, and I was like, you know, uh, looking at my English muffins because I had to buy some. 
And Maria's like, hey, why don't you get the cinnamon raisin ones? And I was like, they're cinnamon raisin ones? And I put them in the cart, brought them home. I think I have one left. Um, I, got, I put the scallion cream cheese on it. You know, I toast them, put a little Whoa. scallion cream cheese on it. And then I put a little everything bagel seasoning on top. I know it sounds like a lot, a lot of different flavors, but it has been hitting. And I, I'm just like, now it's just like, why even buy the regular, you know, English muffins anymore? You know, they got blueberry ones, I, I'm told. They got cranberry ones, I'm told. You know, maybe I, maybe I you know, try to try to figure out, you know, what other what other ones are out there. Then I started kind of theory crafting, you know, like what what other what other ones could they do? You know, are they, are they all based on bagels? I know I'm getting into it, but like, are they all based on like what other bagels could they turn into like an English muffin? <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Like, is uh, the possibilities are endless? So. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation, though. Try some cinnamon raisin English muffins. They taste exactly how you think, but they just they start your day out right. I've never been into cinnamon raisin as like a as like a bread because like bagels. Not that I don't like that combo. It's just like bagels. I I always like in the savory realm. You know, I get like yeah. everything bagel, jalapeno bagel, stuff like that, and the English muffins. I'm the same way. So it wouldn't be something I would eat, but like. I wouldn't mind the taste. It wasn't, it wouldn't be like something that I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be throwing scout. I, I could tell you that I would not be throwing scallion cream cheese and, and everything bagel seasoning on there. I would be <laughs> doing like a brown butter, uh, maybe some jam on there or something like that. That yeah. might be pretty good, but I'm, I'm going to do food too, to be honest, because I just want to say, so I, I love Chinese food, right? I used to work at a Chinese restaurant six years and Fried rice is awesome. Fried rice is great. And I got to say, in my elder years, I really got into Indian food. I love Indian food. The flavors that they they explore are just so much, not more interesting, but so interesting to me at least. And I think a lot of people agree that that kind of like no other culture does. So Indian takeout has this thing called birani. Which is, and I posted it actually in the Discord, in the food pics. Yeah. Birani is their version of a fried rice. It's more of like a, like a, just a rice dish, but like it has that kind of fried rice thing going on. It's spiced. You got huge chunks of chicken. Like if you get the chicken birani, you got huge chunks of chicken, cilantro, fried onions. They throw raisins in there, which like might be a little turn off for people, but. And it would have normally been for me, but I had gotten it once and I was like, okay, this is the best thing. Birani blows fried rice, Chinese fried rice out of the water. I think it is the best rice dish you can get um, from a takeout place. And I got to say, if you've never tried it, you got to try some birani from a good Indian place. And that's it. That's that's it. Like yeah. A bunch of spices. You can get it spicy. A lot of people get it spicy. And it's served, so there's one thing I will say. It's typically served with a side sauce, like a side yogurt vegetable sauce that I'm not a huge fan of. I don't just like I don't really go for the yogurt thing, so I never mix it mm-hmm. in. My fiance does, and she says it's awesome. But I, I like to go in, you know, just base rice, you know, base like dish, and it is raw. Just going raw, dude, and it is awesome. <laughs> And I, I, Birani is, Birani is the truth. So I see. Yeah. I, I saw you, I saw you post that picture and it did look pretty good. 
And I was one. I was like, I was trying to ask Maria because she's had Indian food. And I'm just like, is this Indian food? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Like, uh, she didn't really take like a deep look at it or anything like that. But now it's confirmed it is. that that's Indian food. And I gotta tell you, like, rice is just so good. Like all the different types of rice, right? You got your Mexican rice, your hibachi rice. You just eat brown, whatever, fried rice. Um, it's just, it's just all good. So like, I am on. I'm not a very adventurous eater, as you know, mm-hmm. but I'm on board with this. Like. The raisins, yeah, that could be weird. But like, as someone who just denied cinnamon raisin um, oh, yeah, English yeah, muffins, yeah. <laughs> but you're saying this is good. I that that to me is like okay. Well, if he's saying that that's good, then I should probably try that at some point. Next time we're in a situation, because I know when we go to pack, sometimes we'll just get takeout because it's easier. I'll get biryani. I'll let you try some. We'll do it. And they use basmati rice. They always, the Indian places yeah. use the basmati rice, which I think is the superior rice. It's like the long grain, soft. Like it's almost like they don't, it doesn't really stick together a lot like sushi rice and stuff like that. It's just like, it, yeah. it's, it's like an individual thing. You can kind of taste the grain of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think we can both agree too that the best rice is the white rice you get from a Chinese restaurant, and you put a little ketchup on top. <laughs> no, and no that's ketchup. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I love white rice from a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and if I'm making fried rice at home, I will, I will go pick up a quart and leave it in the fridge overnight to get a little dried out, and you just kind of make fried rice. But I'm not throwing ketchup on there. I will do yeah. a ketchup-based sauce though for for stuff. Yeah. I will say. But it's not. Yeah. I'm not going raw on the ketchup. That's what I do. For the listeners who don't know, ever since I was young, that's what I do, and I'm sticking to it. All right, it's delicious. Please keep listening. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we, this has been a fun episode. Uh, thank you to the developers of Time Survivors for the keys. We appreciate it. Um, you can continue to find me on Twitter at Fresh Buds Pod. You can find all my flesh and blood stuff there. I also retweet the fresh juice stuff. I think the the Discord's gonna be a great place for us. Please check it out, and also check out the at Fresh Juice Pod on all platforms: Twitter, YouTube, whatever, TikTok, Instagram, and where can people find you, Maddie? Yeah, if you want to find me outside the show at Maddie Gorm uh, G O R M on all the socials, been posted on YouTube and streaming a bit more on Twitch. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me outside the show, but really the discord, we, we got it. We can't say it enough. It is, it is going to be a central hub for the show. So definitely join it if you haven't already. Hell yeah. It's called the juice heads, right? The juice heads. That's how you become an official juice head. That's how you do it. Folks sign up now. Uh, well, with all that being said, uh, please have a fresh and juicy week. Cheers.